0: Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, dog Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready? And yeah. books are sexy. Bubbles time. Bubbles time i love it because I am super bubbly today.
1: I am so bubbly. My bubbly is only matched by the bubbles in this bottle.
0: Pop it, bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was- <laughs> that we're was drink- a loud one.
1: Yeah, we're drinking Chandon Brut, which is always a good option. It's created in California. It's nice that we can make bubbles in the U.S., very nice you know
0: that's one. that's one of the
1: things i'm thankful for yeah that we can make them here um you know the french did have something to do with our country getting started it's kind of weird to think about oh that's not for you i get the glass today everybody else has we to didn't do a- the
0: dishes and there's only one champagne glass and amanda gets it and the rest of us have to drink from mugs which is fine because that's actually how i drink at home there you go. A nice, full, bubbly cup. Thank you. Do you
1: want to do it? I feel like you're more eloquent than me. Introduce the episode. Eloquent? Yeah, eloquent. Ellen Ellen
0: Quint. <laughs> New
1: nickname. <Ellen-a-Quint. laughs> Ellen Eloquent Ellen. <laughs> we're back from New York. <laughs> no. Live from the doghouse, well, we're York. back from New York. It's yeah.
0: That doesn't make sense. No. Um,
1: Ellen, what are you reading right now?
0: Thanks for asking, Amanda. You know, I try. I'm reading two books. Okay, tell me I'm about it. I'm reading The Future by Naomi yes! Alderman. It yes! Comes out next month. And I this is actually my first Naomi. foray mm-hmm. into Naomi. Mm-hmm. And I am enjoying it immensely. Mm-hmm. So the premise of The Future is that you've got the world's, like, top three billionaires. These are people who run, you know, like, your social media platforms, you um, they're Mark
1: Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, exactly. and what's his name? The guy um Elon? no, the um Microsoft guy.
0: Bill oh. Gates. Bill Gates. Okay, so it's it's like people it's like, like that. that. Okay. And they have secured their future for the end times by building these like secret, highly secret bunkers. Um, and they are protected. So when the end times Come, they will be safe. But they have associates who are in their orbit who want to try to save the world before the end times. And they believe that these three figureheads
1: who are dominating all markets of the world are actually responsible for
0: the destruction of society, of the health of the earth. Yes, they they have an inkling that that is the case. So. Sort of the main associate and I would argue the protagonist of the book is Martha and she is an assistant to one of these millionaires has been for a long time. basically he's a moron and she's the one carrying the company.
1: Yeah, she has to like keep him reined in.
0: yeah, that's her basically her whole job
1: wrangling him.
0: and she is uh, she goes to a conference. And she meets a woman on a panel, Zen, and Zen is a survivalist. Like, she is social media famous survivalist. And they, like, totally have the hots for each other. Mm -hmm. But it's complicated because Martha is the daughter of a former cult cult leader, and she escaped from that. Um, And she's also, like, recognizing that the end of days is coming, right? Like, climate change, out of control, like like people are writing this like it's happening right like it's gonna happen and she's we know she's got stuff going on and we don't know exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and so she's kind of putting zen off but then weird stuff starts happening to zen she's been gifted something and she doesn't know where it came from and i don't want to say more because Mm -hmm. i don't want to spoil elements of the plot Mm -hmm. but it is really really a fun read Right. I'm also reading Calla by Colin Walsh. Ooh. This is a great, like, Irish mystery writer. You know I love a good Irish mystery. Hannah you French do. is my fave. I just got her arc.
2: I need to read that so I can join your book club this month.
0: Yes, you should. Um, it is about this group of friends. They're now in their 30s. And for the first time in many years, they are reunited in their hometown um, for a wedding. And when they were fifteen, sort of like the main, the the leader of their friend group, Kala disappeared, and she's never been found. And now they're back in town together again. Human remains have been discovered, and some other teenage girls have gone missing. Ooh, present and past are about to collide. Amanda, is it living up to what you crave? So far, yes, but yeah. I will say I'm not far into it. Right. But I do love like the Irish slang. Yeah. I was like, everything's shite. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got that sort of like
2: Oh, are you listening to it?
0: No, I'm reading it. In oh. her own voice. She is her That's own audio book. They read it. S H I T Everything Shite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a little Southern Irish.
2: <laughs> Everything
0: shite. Anyway, um, so far, yes. But I am I am at the towards the beginning of the book. What are you reading?
1: I am reading. And this is another foray into Nobody assigned me this reading. This is not for subscription. This is not for a book club. This is just like, somebody told me I should read this and I'm reading it. It was Sarah High on a previous episode. Go back and listen to it. Pop it off as Sarah High of bookshop.org. Um, it's called The Forbidden Notebook, and it's actually, I think, a reissue of a classic domestic novel by Italian-Cuban feminist writer, Alba de Cepedes, I think that's how you say her name. I'm pretty sure that's how Sarah said it. I mean, she's Italian, so I can't speak Italian, Um, but it's amazing. It is written as, like, a diary. And it's credited for inspiring, inspiring um, Elena Ferrante in her writing, this kind of confessional, intimate, feminine story. And the main uh, protagonist, the author of this journal that's being written, is Valeria Casati. And she, on a whim, picks up a notebook at the tobacconist shop um it's I think the 20s in Italy and she is grabbing smokes for her husband she wants to him to wake up with a fresh pack on his bedside table if you want to if you want to date it um but she has this impulse to buy herself a notebook and the the tobacco shop owner says, no, 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 this is forbidden. I cannot, I cannot sell this to you today. And I don't know if it's because it's Sunday and they're only allowed to, to sell, um, tobacco because, you know, God forgives people for buying smokes on the Sabbath. (laughs) Um, but he allows her to purchase it and she brings it home. So it arrives home with this kind of air of secrecy. And she decides like she believes that she can't keep a diary without her family being like, well, what are you writing in here? Like, what do you even need to do? What what would you have to write about? So it's very much about a woman's place in this time um, and in this culture and how life becomes more meaningful and purposeful for her as she finds the impulse to write about what happens in her day and to reflect upon it. And so... Um, life becomes more meaningful for her and she has more self-realization. So I'm just in the beginning. The writing is absolutely outstanding. It's totally...
0: Were either of you two ever journalers? I have tried, but I can't ever stick with it for more than like two days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is something... I read Booth by Karen Joy Fowler and it was about the uh, John Wilkes Booth's family. Um, John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln in the theater. What you come to understand through reading booth is that he was part of this very um kind of unhinged but prolific early american unhinged. acting family and the patriarch of the family was a um english actor Uh, classic Shakespearean performer. Um, The wife also, I think, performed. The children all got in on it. The dad was, you know, the the Shakespearean actor was just like completely unmanageable, you know, had bad habits, drinking habits, philandering, uh, could not be corralled, but this tradition of performance in their family was very, um, significant at that time in American history. Everybody knew who they were. They were very famous. They were well, well well-regarded. So it's the story before John Wilkes Booth ruined the Booth name. And, um, Karen Joy Fowler very much relied on all the journals that they kept. This used to be something that everybody did. And in contemporary times, you know, like we have our Facebook, our little Facebook entries. And some of us participate in that and some of us don't. It feels weird to sit there and journal and think, why am I doing this? Who am I doing it for? Um, Will someone read it? Will someone not read it? Like, it's a very weird thing. Would you want someone to read yours like 100 years from
2: now? Because that feels like so private.
1: There's like... The most vulnerable way that you could journal would be to assume that nobody will read it. Uh, a friend of mine does journaling on a daily basis um, by the recommendation of her therapist. And she tears the pages out and destroys them afterwards. And That's how freeing is that? Like, it's the process of just doing it for your own mind and soul. So but yeah, I can't cool handle it. It also
2: feels wasteful. Because, like, wouldn't you want to reflect back ever? Because to me, like, I look at some of my childhood journals. And I'm like... <laughs> idiot or like you're so silly or as an adult looking back if I were to journal I'd be like wow you were going through some shit
0: yeah yeah I don't know I don't know how I feel
1: about journals but I do think (laughs) when we were in when it was a common practice it created
0: a historical reference same with like letters and stuff too I mean
1: Mm-hmm. what are people going to do when they're writing the novels of the future draw from our email? When
0: you didn't have like phones and texts and things like when you would write like real letters, you know, that were oftentimes just an accounting of the things that had been going on in your life. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, I I have all of the letters that my grandpa wrote to my grandma when he was serving in World War II. Oh. I have all the letters. and That's I the have, only record. I yeah. have the letters that my grandma wrote when she was raising my dad and his brothers to her mother, my great-grandmother. And it's all just very like the stuff is like monotonous, like the date today I ironed. And Tom, what well, you got in trouble at school, or you know, whatever. Yeah. It's just like sort of the the mundane that is, you know, record the day-to-day life that is recorded in those. And stores. I think that's and the point cool.
1: of this book, The Forbidden Notebook. Like, like once you go to record it, it becomes meaningful. So it's beautiful. Thank you, Sarah. Hi, for the recommendation.
0: We are high on your book, Rex. Exactly. Goodness.
1: (laughs) So we have some fun times to reflect on in today's episode. Oh, I
0: don't get to talk about what I'm reading?
1: Rachel, what the fuck are you reading? (laughs) Oh, yeah,
0: you're here. (laughs) (laughs) She's mic'd up today. She's mic'd up today. Yeah, she's mic'd up. Rachel, what are you reading? Well, thanks for asking because I know
2: you guys care so much. We actually (laughs) do. Tell us. So Amanda cares a lot. I bet. I'm sure. (laughs) So I am currently reading A Queen in Hiding which is part of the Nine Realms series, it's book 1. Uh it's like I didn't read Game of Thrones, but I watched it and it gives me Game of Thrones vibes minus all like the really horrible graphicness. Cool. That's of all of that's, that's what Th-
0: that's what Game of Thrones is.
2: Though. Yeah, but it's like a battle for a kingdom in which one person has a right to. And there's a whole bunch of other things Fair. with like um regions and like color of hair like so the queen Ooh. of this region has like a sh- very sharp like Jump sharp snow blue and blue hair
0: Daenerys Targaryen Ty- forever
2: yeah so it's like like different regions like these one like the quote unquote bad people have green hair and it's mm. like it's all different kind of realm type of situation but she had to take her daughter into hiding because her own people um that aren't like her people because she was trying to help them. But the like lords and stuff that are like, Oh no, no, don't worry. Queen we will take care of that. They thought they were like undermining her because she's too much of a simpleton, but she's like, no, I actually want to help people. So she had to run for her life and escape and hide her daughter, and now it's, like, taking back the kingdom. So you, I feel like you're enjoying this vibe. Yeah, it's really it? good. Yeah. It's so it's the first high, in this series? Yeah, it's pretty high fantasy. So. Okay. But I'm almost finished with it. And then I also wanted to go with a major fall vibe. So I started reading You Again by Kate Goldbeck. And allegedly it's a When yes. Harry yes. Met Sally spinoff. But you're I've, not feeling it. I've never watched that. I don't <gasps> know. <laughs> Oh but my god. I don't know. I'll I'm, have what she's having. I'm listening. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, send these people home. They need um, to go home. I don't know. Like I'm enjoying it, it and then I don't enjoy it and then I'm like, why am I reading this? And my then I'm like, friend literally
1: had a When Harry Met Sally themed birthday party. And my friend, Sarah from college, Sarah, a dog pack (laughs) subscriber and a puppy pack subscriber
2: and a lover of
1: books. I hope you listen to this episode Sarah
2: with an H or with an
1: H Sarah with an H who reads and with an E and her green Gables. (laughs) Um, she screened when Harry met Sally on an outdoor giant drive-in movie theater screen for her birthday. And it was amazing. And I sat in a, inflatable flamingo and watched it and Good it was job. so much joy.
2: Oh, I'm happy for you. Mm, it was really fun. Um anyways I I'm enjoying enough to want to finish it. So that's what I'm okay doing. cool. The <laughs> other reason why
1: Rachel is joining us on the podcast is because we hired her as a navigator for our trip to <laughs> New York. No, I'm just kidding. If we if we go if we do something and Rachel's not there to photograph it, did it happen? It's like the train in the
0: woods. I don't know. I know that um, one time in college, I went to Chicago with mm-hmm. two of my friends. Mm-hmm. What's up, Aaron McKenzie? And um, I was tasked to be the navigator. This is before <laughs> smartphones, okay? And I, let's just say I earned the, the nickname Dumb Navigator. Oh. And so they- Anytime now, like they, I would get in a car with them, and still to this day, a lot of times I hey, get dumb they, they start
2: chanting "Dumb Navigator." Hey, you dumb know what? Navigate- <laughs> I feel like Ellen's really taken that name to heart too, because every time I've been in a car with her, Ellen's like, "Help me get here. How do I get here?" I will say this. You- I will say this. Here.
0: I I was a late adoptee of the smartphone. Yeah. yeah. So till like her flip phone for late. till about like twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. I was still printing Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have gotten lost many times, uh-huh. but I have been able to find my way. I have so noticed. I have there, a, I have a even, good directional sense most of the time.
2: Even using Google Maps, but when you're from Iowa and you know tractors and you don't know subways. Being able to navigate the subway,
1: it's like a it's, it's like a narrower viewpoint. It's like when you're in a really busy city with like mm-hmm. a ton of turnoffs and you don't know is it this one? Is it this mm-hmm. one? Is it this one? Yeah, like that's what it is to try and navigate New York. So thank you for yeah. doing. So
0: it. spoiler alert, we went to New York. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So about once a year, we like to go uh, we like to go someplace and experience their bookstore scene. So we choose a place that we feel has a really vibrant indie bookstore scene. We go try to visit all the books we can and it's a great opportunity to learn uh, from what other other bookstores are doing but also to sort of compare it to ours and see where we're doing well and where we might improve um, to network with other bookstores and also we just love indie bookstores so it's super fun right indies support indies exactly and so this year we went To New York City. And the reason
1: we went there is for many reasons. I would say the number one reason was to visit my sister, Lindsay, who lives in Brooklyn. But the other reasons would be that Rachel and Ellen had not been to New York before.
2: Well, and it's such a bookstore mecca.
0: It is like the bookstore
1: capital of the world, in my opinion. Also
0: like the center of publishing. Publishing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's got this whole literary thing going on with it um but you know new york is iconic in film and television and yeah. books it's in many books There's, There's books a I'm subgenre right
2: now you again it's set yeah. in new york and i'm like holy shit i know exactly where they're talking about i was just there and like yeah. they went into the strand and were selling books i'm like ooh that was hectic but
0: books
1: set in new york are their own genre like well uh-huh. and
0: and movies and film and all of that too so it was like really cool to be in a place that i feel is like such a part of you know, the things I consume in popular culture yeah. uh, to experience it for myself. And
1: a big part of our national identity. Yeah. You know, D.C. may be our capital, but New York is what I think a lot of people think of when they think of the U.S. Yeah. So to experience it. So we went, we did afresh. a whirlwind
0: trip. We mm-hmm. we left early, early in the morning on a Saturday. I picked Ellen up at 3.30. <laughs> yeah. In the a.m. In the a.m., and then we we got home on tuesday evening. So we and we just like we went. We went all day every day it nonstop. Was go, go, go.
1: We and tried to it was stay racing.
0: fueled with cocktails. We probably <laughs> needed more. I feel like we could have used some more, but we were responsible. We
1: were responsible in a city we didn't know. Yeah. Um so let us take you on kind of a journey through what we encountered and share some of the highlights and our reflections. We as Ellen said, we got up at the butt crack of dawn. I picked them up. We got to the airport. We tried to sleep on the way there.
0: I don't know if I snored. Well, oh, this, is, this is how tired I was when when we got back to yeah, yeah. Iowa and we're in the parking garage, like we're trying to find we're we're going towards Amanda's car and I was looking for her car and I I I didn't I, it never dawned on me when she picked me up that she picked me up in her husband's car. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Like I, ro- I, I like I rode the whole way, and I was uh-huh. like, I, I even asked. her, I was like, Oh, did Austin come? Swa- s- you know, swap Swaping out cars? cars with you, or like, no, this is the car we came here. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, I like, had no what? clue.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that said, we got up very early. We maybe dozed on the plane, some of us, but we hit the ground running. We arrived around lunchtime. We dumped our bags at my sister's. The flooding had just stopped. Yeah, people were texting us being like, oh, you're going to New York. Are you sure that's going to be OK? Like, the streets had been full. Mm-hmm. Like, buses were flooding. Subways were stopped. Everything was underwater. Mm-hmm. But we got there, and everything had gone into the Hudson, I guess. Um,
2: so <laughs> Thank you, Hudson. Or the East River. <laughs>
1: The first place we started that we were really excited about was a new addition to the New York bookstore scene. Brooklyn, the, even. Even Brooklyn, yeah. yes. Um, The Rip Bodice made their debut on the East Coast. They are a romance-specific bookstore with a flagship near LA that I have not visited yet. I got so close, um, but haven't visited yet. They are huge fans of the genre, real great supporters of all the authors. So we walked into Brooklyn's Rip Bodice and guess who we saw in the front window?
2: Denise.
1: Williams.
2: Denise Williams.
1: That's your new theme song, Denise. Um, Denise. Is not only a major contributor to the romance genre. she's romance. A, a romance. she's a huge supporter of Dogyard Books. We're so grateful that we get to promote whore, her,
2: <laughs> horse. Horse, we get wow. to promote horse. <laughs> wow, uh,
1: she does not write about horse, guys. She has a very sex positive approach to writing. We get to uh,
2: promote her sign pre order campaign. Yeah, which is running right now. So get it in because she's also including a special printed like two or three chapter additional bonus, um, with all pre-orders through us. So look for that. That Marketing was super plug.
1: exciting to just walk up to the store, see the iconic Rip bodice logo, their, uh, pink exterior, and there's Sinise in the front window. Um, I really enjoyed this store because well, one, they, you just felt, the love and the happiness of the romance genre. People are just having so much fun in that store. And so we're the employees. Um, they're recently opened this year in Brooklyn. So there's a lot of enthusiasm. I think like two months old. Right. And everything about this store is so handcrafted, and there's so much love in the book page papered walls, the beautiful signs, the hand the painted floor. floor. Um, and people were just so excited. That's the romance genre for you, I think, like that love and enthusiasm. Um, there
2: was a grumpy partner of somebody who was obviously shopping and he yeah. was sitting in the one really cool, like, inside photo spot that people could do. And I was like, dude, move. Like, yeah. into, I'm like, move. And I'm it was standing the there- classic
1: dude waiting for his and person to he finish. He
0: just looks so grumpy. Like, like he needs get out. Yeah.
1: He's part of a grumpy sunshine.
0: I don't know, but... Oh, yeah, maybe he's part of a grumpy sunshine
2: need to romance. follow your girl around or go stand outside. Don't ruin the only good photo spot yeah. in the store. Yeah. I yeah.
1: got to meet two King Charles Cavalier Spaniels oh, yeah, in one of coolies. the book alleys mm-hmm. in the store, and it was really fun.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love so. their stickers. They had really cute, like, classic um, like, bodice ripper vibe stickers for their store.
1: I bought a romance because I just felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. And I, I read a couple a year and I really want to participate more. I think it's really, um, fun. We have a new romance subscription. I want to be kind of more informed on what we're doing. And, um, I marketing one,
2: plug number two, it yeah. got, starts out in November. You yeah, don't want to yeah. miss
1: our first launch. Yeah. It's called love and leash. Um, and I am reading, I'm going to read, um, this one about a Christmas tree farm. So I picked that up there.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was just a really joyful place, and everyone was excited to be there. Um, yeah, it. Do you guys it.
2: think we're going to start seeing more themed genre bookstores? Because I know mystery, but romance seems to be really, like, pulling strong. Yeah, what I mean, I would say, like, in the
0: future. I, I would say that the romance-specific bookstore is likely to be a successful model.
1: Right. I can see yeah. like a uh, a city like Kansas or um Minnesota. We have Minneapolis. one coming up there. Minneapolis one opening up soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well we'll have to visit that one next. Um but ripotis, great, left with a good taste in our mouth. I feel like that could be a sexual innuendo. Yeah, don't, I
0: yeah, we don't know I mean, that. that's we not a good taste, but we don't need to go there.
1: We don't need to go there. We <laughs> headed right off to Greenlight Books, which opened in 2009. They're kind of a Brooklyn mainstay at this point. Um, this is one I visited before when I visited my sister. Um, they have, the thing that you encounter time and time again in these New York bookstores is an unbelievable quantity of signed copies, because guess what? Everyone who writes or illustrates, I feel like, lives in Brooklyn,
0: Or at
2: least they have to go see their publishers all the time. Right,
1: right. They pop in, sign some copies. So Greenlight Books was a fun experience Um, for all of us. One of the meccas of the indie bookstore world of New York is to go to Bookstore Magic. Bookstore Magic is a bookstore now duo owned by Emma Straub and her husband. I think his name is Peter. Isn't it great when there's like a celebrity couple and you're like, oh yeah. And the husband. So Emma is the headliner. Her husband, however, is a huge contributor to their swoon worthy. Merch. They do merch drops. We're very envious and inspired by the Books Are Magic merch. I think we all eventually came away with merch from Books Are Magic. Yeah, I
0: bought a sweatshirt and I also bought a t-shirt for my son. I love their t-shirts. My friend Pedro
2: always will send me like their stuff. I'm like, hey. Will you go get this for me? I, don't, I mean, I could go you order, could order myself, it. But I'll just Venmo him because it's like special when a friend also sends it to you. I know. But their, their new shirts, their like fall, winter, whatever, dropped days before we got there. And I was really happy about it. I them.
1: know. And we both saw it on social media. We're like, oh, hold off. <laughs> I even checked stock on both their stores because I was like, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Just pick it up there. Um, Ellen, you picked up what merch item didn't you get a sweatshirt?
0: I got a sweatshirt for myself Mm. and I got a t-shirt for Atticus. But you got Mm. the
2: t-shirt at the second one. So
0: we're Mm. not there yet. Okay. Okay. She got a sweatshirt. We went to both locations, is what Rachel is saying. Right.
1: And I got t-shirts for two of my daughters who like wearing bookstore cool stuff. They wear our stuff and they'll wear anyone's stuff because
0: they're not teenagers yet. Um, <laughs> Atticus went on a field trip today and he was supposed to wear clothes. He was okay getting dirty. Yeah. And he wore a dockyard sweatshirt and he was like, sorry, mom, don't take any of
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I suppose he figures he can get another one. I was like, I don't know. Wait, care. should we do kids sweatshirts it was actually from a sort of failed batch oh, we yeah. Did yeah yeah no, before, no, no. before we were even open Um,
1: you and I got the bubblegum words t-shirts uh-huh. which are so cool because the front me, me. yeah the front says books are magic and bubblegum words mm-hmm. and the back is like the mirror version so yeah. it looks like you're kind of looking through the window I yeah. love it
2: Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. You're looking I just thought the it window. was like reverse, like mirrored. Yeah. And it looks cool.
1: So we can return to this later because we hit not one, but two books are magic locations, but we're very inspired by. Books are magic in that they have modeled for us creating Instagrammable moments with their merch, with their murals outside their store. But they also practice uh, one of the best practices of indie bookstores, which is a prolific number of shelf talkers. For those of you who don't know, Shelf Talkers are the cards that we put underneath a book on the shelf that have a handwritten message about why someone on staff loves loves these books. And of all the bookstores we visited in New York, Books Are Magic was the one that had implemented this practice and to a very large degree. They had them throughout the store. And what's really fun about Shelf Talkers is that you can identify a recommendation that really resonates with you or is a book that you really loved and and look to see who wrote that shelf talker. So I let's say it was Anna. Anna provided a recommendation that I really aligned with, like, oh, yes, I love this book as well. So I went throughout the store and looked for other recommendations by Anna, because I knew that if Anna loved the book that I loved, we would probably have overlapping tastes. So that's what we try to create in our own store, as many personal handwritten recommendations as possible so that you can find the bookseller that can really align with what you love in literature. Okay, after three bookstores, we needed a drink. We found <laughs> one at this like really fun cocktail bar called Pineapple. This is the thing about New York. It
0: was the Pineapple on Pineapple Street.
1: Yeah, Pineapple on Pineapple Street. I feel like Pineapple Street made an appearance in a Little Life.
2: It might have. I don't know. Yeah. Was that set in New York?
1: Yeah, it's very no strand. Um, and I think Pineapple Street are both parts of A Little Life. If you want to read a New York story that's like devastating, read A Little Life. It's very popular right now, people, but it's been out for a while. It's <laughs> so. very popular. Get on board. It's uh, we had cocktails and appetizers, and we're sort of recharged for
0: walking the
1: Brooklyn Bridge. Ellen, why was it
0: important to visit the Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> well, because my seven-year-old, Holden, is obsessed with... Spider-Man, particularly Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which yeah. takes place in Brooklyn. And so I didn't know he had sort of latched onto the Brooklyn Bridge, but before I left, he was like, are you going to go to that bridge? <laughs> and then uh, we got there. I took some pictures. I, I sent it to my mom because I knew he was hanging out with my mom. And I said, show these pictures to Holden. She goes, Huh, oh, Holden was just talking about the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> and so we have a love of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It was the first movie Holden ever saw in the movie theater. We've listened to the soundtrack endlessly at my house. I've seen that movie dozens of times. And uh, we're actually going to go see the, um, a performance of a symphony playing the soundtrack what? along with the movie at oh the my Civic God. Center at the end of this month. Oh, so, I didn't know that's what they were insane. doing. That. So cool. we're excited. Yeah. I've done that before. we're we um, doing it as a whole family. We're I've seen oh, that they no, do things They've like been
2: doing that. it for the last like few years
0: through all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. not the Des Moines symphony that's playing.
1: Mm. Um, a visiting symphony it is a visiting oh, symphony. oh so that's great. fun yeah so on our way off of uh, the brooklyn bridge which was very fun uh great view statue of liberty Took a hot
2: second to get to it yeah like, to get onto the bridge yeah it's
0: very neat though like i i thought you know again one of those like iconic places and then yeah. you're, you see it so often and then you're there and you're like ooh, this is cool one of the phenomenon
1: of an internationally identifiable landmark is that there are sometimes graffiti, and so as we were departing the Brooklyn Bridge, as we walked down the stairwell back down onto the street, you noticed that the handrail of the stairwell was coated with stickers and graffiti. And so we, we slapped on a little dog-eared <laughs> books representation, um, courtesy of if Rachel's supplies. She always has are in New materials. York
2: and find the levee and send us a selfie with you. We'll I send, will you send you a free book. A, a book? A I book. was going to say a sticker. No, we'll send you a book. Oh. If you find the Levy
1: in New York and you're not Pedro or my sister <laughs> Lindsay, then we will send you a free book of your choice. Okay. Um, right. So challenge. A Ex- photo. We need a photo. Yeah,
2: I need a selfie proof. DM it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> We needed a little recovery time. We headed off to dinner at the Clover Club. My requirement for our New York trip, having already been there and seen many books, Because you're a foodie.
0: Let's just like put that on the table. Yeah,
1: foodie, but also Cocktail-y. it had to be good cocktail. So I was researching all the best cocktail bars. Um, and the Clover Club came up as top of the list many, many times. So we went to the Clover Club and we started to learn a thing or two about dining and cocktailing in New York um, it's so loud, loud
0: and dark, dark. <laughs> and tight. <laughs> I, couldn't have, I couldn't see anything. Right. Actually, I like all the restaurants in New York. I felt were very tight, which I get because they're in like small spaces. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god,
1: you always felt like in the way, like your seat mm-hmm. would be like, yeah, halfway overlapping the door. Yeah, and that's fine. But, but it was definitely cool.
0: on that the dinner the. The The last dinner we went to, yeah. Yeah. But Uh what was cool about Clover Club is that we were able to meet up with some friends, and we met up or meet
1: friends friends for the very first time, Rachel. So tell us about who you invited to dinner.
0: Well,
2: I won't get too much detail because it'll be another episode, like probably a popping off. But I met one of my longtime like bookstagram friends, Pedro. Um, he's pretty much books on Instagram, and we have talked. And like video chatted and sent each other things for the last six, seven years, six He years. went and he's to the most delightful human being in yeah.
1: the world. He oh yeah, he bought us
2: sweaters.
1: Diana, Princess Diana sweaters, the rowing blazers, red, black cheap sweater. Yeah, he went to a sample sale 260 yep. for us. Yes. He is the most joyful, positive, lovely. Mm-hmm. Can we all just be Pedro? Like, how did he become him?
0: Right? Like, such a good human.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, we he you met, met him there, for the first time. It was
0: cool to see you meet him for the first time uh-huh. in person.
1: And then... Because you had only been virtual friends yeah, just, to that point.
2: Yeah. Had you Which, FaceTimed? Not... I, well, we've, like, sent video chats and stuff back and forth. Like, we've video chatted. And then, like, we've talked, like, verbally. Mm-hmm. But, no, that was the first time. However, like, it's not as weird as it seems. Like... It's most, weird. A lot of my best friends I met because of Bookstagram and over the internet. I, I mean, this I is like, why we hired They're Rachel. like my best friends in real life. Like I see them all the time. I didn't think I, it was
0: weird. I just thought it was cool to yeah. see you. It you know be able to interact with him in person. Uh-huh. She was. Time. It was
1: like they had known each other forever, which they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't weird at all. As an old person. I was like, don't kind be strangers of strangers on the
2: internet again. Right.
1: It. I, no, I, no, I didn't even go there. Hey, you know what?
0: We, we, we remember the AOL chat rooms. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were strangers. Those were strangers.
1: But that was really cool. The other special guest for the evening, besides my sister, mm-hmm. would be former bookseller Jill Zamolik, who is now a working model and I- actress in New York. Like,
0: mm-hmm. And and it was so awesome to see her. We love her. She's exactly who she ever was. New York looks good on her. Yeah. New York looks real good on her. So we love and miss Jill, but we are really happy that she's living her best life. And this wasn't
2: even our first, like, we got more of Jill too later on the trip. And it was really nice to get because I, that was this shitty thing about six people at one table tiny dark cramped and loud so loud I had no idea like you and Amanda and and Jill would be all in a conversation and then sometimes there'd be cross conversation and I'm just like I'm like I can't we did get to hang out with Jill another
0: day and it was really nice
2: and then that night Pedro actually came back and recorded an episode (gasps) yeah
1: so look forward little plug here we'll have a popping off episode with New York bookseller Pedro Ramirez Mm -hmm. look forward to that there's one other note from Clover Club, tell them about your cocktail.
0: Oh yeah, yeah what the fuck? I'm sorry, on. I that didn't, was a, didn't like it. what the fuck moment for me.
2: It was. Did you I try it though? Yeah, you passed it around. Oh, no, I don't want
0: to try it. I, try it, I tried effect? it. It was Hold accurate. On. Let your me description. pull it
2: up so I can perfectly read it. The Clover Club. Okay, I can't find it, but it was a Parmesan infused
0: cocktail. and <laughs> Let's Okay, thank you, listeners. Did you hear that Parmesan infused cocktail? Is that all you need to know? No. It was so know.
2: delightful. Cause imagine that and I I don't think it was um um a port. A it bl- might have bl- bl- been a sherry also blended in there. So there was some sort of liquor and then like a sherry vibe. But it felt like eating off of a cheese board and having a bit of port to finish. And it I was feel like so, that's
1: really accurate. It was
2: so delicious. I don't think I could have done multiple of them, but it was like, it would have been a perfect, like, um, what is, not a capstone, what's a like a nightcap it would have been mm-hmm. a perfect nightcap but i had something a couple others after that but it was so weird and good because you got all of these flavors all at once so here's to a cheese infused cocktail i need more of them Jeez. my sister
1: allison would really like it she, she did savory oh wait no it was Lindsay with us blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard yeah all right day two we're mm-hmm. like dragging ourselves out of bed Heading off to McNally Jackson Seaport. This is one of their five locations. I've always enjoyed McNally McNally Jackson Seaport because it's so beautiful. It
2: was stunning.
1: It's just so well maintained. Um, I think that was my
2: favorite one to visit. Right. It's it's just just so epitome of New York bookstore.
1: Yeah. You didn't feel that it was stuffy. Mm -mm. It felt very like airy and peaceful. One of the things I really envy that they have is a cafe bar mm-hmm. just off to the side of their front desk. It's perfect. <laughs> I would I would totally take it in a second.
2: It was so cute. It was really, really pretty. They so.
1: really emphasize international authors and titles, um, which is cool. They have featured segments throughout their store um, highlighting authors from around the world. From there, we walk through Chinatown. Okay, Rachel. Challenge. I'll try and send you the link. I just received a TikTok share from my sister of a street in Chinatown in which there was like this live eel-looking creature swimming I along think the it road. Was an
2: eel. I think it was I'm, an eel. I'm pretty sure it was and eel. And then
1: a fishmonger steps out into the road, scoops it up in his like fishmonger jacket <laughs> and puts it
2: back into the styrofoam container well, from like, which he was selling people it. People walking on the street had to point it out to him. And I'm thinking like the water was not that flat. How the hell did it get out of the... I, I'm very confused and very concerned. Right.
1: But then I think we mo- walked by that exact fishmonger. I'm pretty sure we did. We saw I the exact styrofoam else. container. Yeah. That was really fun. We were in route to... Sweet Pickle, a used bookstore that our bookseller Tommy Rostrogi had visited previously, mm-hmm. was on our radar um what's fun about that place is they literally sell pickles that they have
2: they have made specifically for the store and if you donate a book you'll get a free jar of pickles i didn't know that i didn't didn't have any books to donate no i didn't bring any i was like i was like i'm okay i'm good i'll buy it right i bought a sweatshirt and some stickers and yes a vhs tape of kids in motion Okay, guys,
1: if you also danced to kids in motion, you need to let Rachel know so that she's not alone. It was like kids' aerobics. <laughs> I had like a vague memory of this. Maybe my little sister Lindsay did. She's closer to your
2: age. Well, no, kids in motion was from the 80s, but so it was probably oh, yeah. 10 years old at that like by hmm. the time I was interesting. Yeah. You bought a VHS tape at yeah. Sweet Picklebull. Because Store. when I was in high school or middle school babysitting some kids, I brought it over. Oh my god, did as, they like, love a babysitting it? activity? They kept it. They stole it and kept it. So I never got my <gasps> now VHS back. it's restored. Yeah. So I needed to bring it back. What I enjoyed
1: about this bookstore, and if you want to put it in the show notes oh, with yeah. a photo image, is their sign that encouraged people to sign from the Amazon store with their very specific... Location address uh-huh. instead of stealing from this used bookstore. Yep. So I thought that was great. They're like, If
2: you want to steal books, go here. Um, <laughs> one of the happy
1: accidents of our little walking tour of this area was walking by Big Bud Press. You saw it. Mm. I didn't. I'm oblivious. Expert navigator. Why do we care about Big Bud I had Big no Bud idea Press? that it was
2: even on our walk. I just looked over. I was like, oh, my God, because we had just talked about it. Right. Big Bud has the best jumpsuits. Casey McQuiston, the author of like One Last Stop and Red, White and Royal Blue, she gets a special jumpsuit from this place and then gets it gorgeously embroidered for the theme of her book. And I've been jealous of it. I've wanted to get the store and, and you've jumpsuits shown it to me and embroidered for like two years now. Yeah, you're I'm my obsessed. fashion
1: influencer. I if everyone would commit to wearing one of their jumpsuits, I would buy everyone on staff a jumpsuit. I think.
2: Okay, <laughs> Emily's committed.
0: Ellen, Emily- would you wear one? I'd wear one.
1: Okay. We Wait, just got to pick a am color.
0: I, am I going to spend that Whoa. kind of money on jumpsuit? I don't know. Amanda's spending it. What I spend
1: is also a cost to Ellen. So <laughs> I mean, she's got to write me in. I'm but I, words. I, I, would, I would feel like we could get. A, oh,
0: if you were suggesting but I yeah. want it embroidered <laughs> that we spend more yeah. so, money on jumpsuits for everyone, the answer is no. <laughs> oh, I want it She's a voice of <laughs> reason. <research. laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the answer is no. No, but I want it
2: embroidered <laughs> by the people that
0: yeah. embroider Casey's because Kay. it's so Let's good. continue
1: to investigate. You I know feel what? like the linchpin is whether Chad would wear one. It is unisex.
0: The answer it, is to that is No. <laughs>
1: Um, let's ask
2: <laughs> it's not like a little plaid that can, can be an Amanda
1: donation to the bookstore I will consider it
2: and I will but anyways like their jumpsuits fit just right they have the best work pants and Amanda you bought a pair of those too and I'm super jealous mm-hmm. and you bought I'm another wearing, pair I'm wearing
1: a pair today Yeah,
2: and then you bought another jumpsuit and like she's bought in two things post this trip you guys I'm trying to convert my wardrobe to the
1: uniform lifestyle like I was explaining to my children you know that guy who runs Facebook and my kids are like You mean Mark Zuckerberg? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I try and forget his name, but he wears the same thing every day, and so does Steve Jobs. And there's no reason a woman can't do that too. Boring. Yeah, mine's fantastic.
2: Yeah, yours are fun. Uh, So that was
1: a highlight for me, unbook related. I'm sure we can talk lots more about it. (laughs) We popped in to Market Line, which is kind of the central location for food vendors, drink vendors. And also the pop-up location for You and Me Books, which is normally in the Chinatown area.
2: It's an Mm -hmm. Asian woman-owned bookstore. And the market line is kind of like right on the outskirts, I think, of what would be considered part of Chinatown. Right. Because it was a lot of Asian-owned businesses in the market line.
1: This is a recently opened bookstore in the Chinatown area but unfortunately they suffered a building fire mm-hmm. it wasn't in the bookstore but it was above it and she is a long way out from being back in her permanent it location so
2: much of her inventory and mm-hmm. they just like It was kind of like a total, complete loss.
1: The pop-up is fantastic, though. You can Mm -hmm. see the influence of her Asian identity in the curation. And it was just a lovely little book experience. And there were a lot of people there.
2: Good amount of space, too. (laughs) Like, it was a lot of space for them. And so I was really happy to see that.
1: So after Market Line, time for drinks.
0: But in a bookstore, book club bar. Loved it. Yeah, I had the gentleman from Moscow Mule. It was a really good choice. And it was excellent. It was yeah. like a mule with like T in it.
1: I had the, okay, plug the moment from earlier. We had to look up how to pronounce oh. Simone de Beauvoir. And I was saying de this Beauvoir. in, I was in Beauvoir. De Beauvoir. Didn't, you didn't
2: say de the Beauvoir. R. The voice didn't de say de Beauvoir. Beauvoir. De All right, Beauvoir. I'm going to roll the tape, insert it now. It was the de Beauvier 75. Gin,
1: lemon, earl Bu- grey. I swear it's Beauvoir. Okay, let me look it up. I've always yeah. heard de Beauvier. De
2: Beauvoir. Simone. Beauvoir.
1: Simone. Simone, right? French philosopher and writer. Yeah, de How I to pronounce. bubbles in this.
0: How to, yeah, it bubbled up. Pronounce. Pro- That's good. That's good. Pronounce. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or as the Kiwis say, ta. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Ignore this <laughs>
2: Oh my
0: God. this is Julian the Frenchman who makes French
2: pronunciation videos here on YouTube and we are looking at how to pronounce the name of this French writer We're going to be looking at how to pronounce more illustrious names from French literature as well, so make sure to stay tuned and consider subscribing
1: how do you go about pronouncing her name in French? In France, it is said as Simone de Beauvoir. Yes, de, de Beauvoir. B- Simone de Beauvoir, de Beauvoir. So what we're gonna what we're gonna correct people on is we learned that it's not, not de Beauvier; it was the de Beauvoir seventy-five, which yeah. is a take on the French seventy-five, but with T. And you and I both had that. It was nice to take a little drink break, to walk around the store. We also enjoyed no their signs. No laptops after
2: 6 p.m. No
1: laptops after 6 p.m. You must sit at the bar and drink, not work on your
2: computer. And they're like, yes, our books are for sale.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I guess they must run into the confusion about whether it's for like sitting down but and borrowing we and at reading. our
2: store, too, yeah. where people will ask, can I rent this book? Right. Like, yay, the library. <laughs> yes. We
1: love the library. We love the library. And they
2: had a really cool little patio in the back.
1: Right. So New Yorkers love this location. And we had a lot of fun there. Thanks for the drinks. Next off to the iconic bookstore of New York, The Strand. For me, The Strand is definitely um, a little bit like the Disney version of New York bookstore. You know, they they've had quite a storied past in that they date back to the early 1900s. They've been mostly in the same location for a long time. Real estate in New York is very expensive, especially at the size that the Strand occupies. Like, there are
2: like 18 miles of books or something like that? Something like allegedly. that. between all,
1: Allegedly between all of their, their shelves. Uh, and so in recent years, there's been a lot of conversation around how to keep the Strand going and their current ownership and management. Um, and so you can kind of see that in that... This is, and if I didn't say so already, like the Disney gift shop. I
2: went to the second floor to check out just because it wasn't as like chaos crazy, now. and to be fair, we were there on a on a weekend. we were there
1: on a Saturday it was Sunday. It was Sunday. yeah, it, was, it was Sunday too It was day two. Um, and so the tourists were out. The regular shoppers were out. There's tons of merch. there's tons of ornaments even i was like oh my gosh they have the christmas stuff out already
2: i think they probably just keep it out year round because you know there are those people that they want to buy their v- ornaments on their trips and their vacations that's a
1: really good point mm-hmm. um after the strand you ate a disgusting
2: street dog it was a good it was fine you I mean, just had to do it of course yeah i had to have a street dog a super dog is better and for those who have not experienced the aim super dog i'm so sorry for you um because it's truly delicious and i want one now
1: i was excited to tap onto the end of our day books of wonder uh children's only bookstore That has been around for a long time in New York and was actually the inspiration for You've Got Mail's little shop around the corner.
2: It was so beautiful. Right. It was beautiful. I liked that shop.
1: They have original artwork from many of the great working illustrators and authors um, in children's picture books on their walls for sale. And many of the prints were retailing for like $2,500, $3,000. So that was kind of fun to peek at. And just to see what books that they were featuring, had signed copies of, I got... A copy of Hot Dog by Doug Salati, the Newbery Award winner. um, I mean, the Caldecott Award winner, shipped to me from their store, made out to dog your books. Because Doug, of course, is from New York. It's very much a New York dog book. So that was fun. Thanks for accompanying me on that. And dinner, Amy Zamolik, whose daughter now lives in New York, Jill, who we encountered um, in New York, She insisted that we had to go to Nobu, which is kind of like the celebrity hotspot, Javanese, Peruvian combo.
2: So when Amy was hyping this up and she's like, oh, yeah, I was next to Cameron Diaz and Matthew McConaughey and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I've definitely heard the Kardashians go there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like any celebrity you've ever heard. They're like, oh, Nobu, Nobu, Nobu. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. It, was, it yeah. was fine. But yeah. I also didn't realize she went there back in like 2002. So, Amy did? Yes. I thought this was oh, her recent, recent trip with yes. Cameron Diaz. I thought it was recent. No, she's like, oh no, I haven't been there in like 20 years. Like, thanks, oh, Amy. My God. Thanks
1: That's a lot, Amy. We had a great dinner. Um, funks but funks the funks. the defining feature of the night
0: is <gasps> that, that sticky rice released Amanda's psychic abilities. <laughs> No, I- Ellen, explain a little further. Because we were sitting there eating and then all of a sudden Amanda goes, oh my God, you guys, I just had a deja vu and I feel like something really bad is about to happen. It was more and, startling and than we were that. all like, what the fuck? Like, it was and scary. <laughs> she's like, oh, But we, we were like, oh, that's not good. And then we kept eating and then like two minutes later- <laughs> She swiped her drink off the table and it shattered all over the floor. And we were like, that's a bad thing. Like could be worse. When I say like, I was feeling like it would be worse than that, but I think that's the bad thing. My heart legitimately (laughs) dropped because
2: your sister and I were in conversation. I know. And I was scared. I was like, OK, should we leave? Do you want us to go? Because that's how scary you yeah, like. I mean, it felt terrified. like something really bad was
1: going to happen and they were going to tell us we had to leave. That yeah. I literally saw the vision in my head. Now, I broke my glass. They just gave me a new cocktail. So that was the end of our day two. Um, day three started out with a quick pop to Washington Square Park. But we popped over to Three Lives and Company, which Had been on your list originally, and when we were in Washington Square Park, we were like, what's the closest bookstore? Mm -hmm. That's where we stopped. It was adorable. While stopping there, another amazing encounter was the Stonewall Inn site of the 1969 riots in which New York police officers raided this famous gay bar um, and removed patrons and those bartenders who were working there. And
2: uh, six days of riots. That's like one of the cool things about New York is so many significant historical moments have happened there. And so yeah. that was like horrifying and incredible still to be standing in front of that at the same mm-hmm. moment.
1: Beautiful restoration happening at that site. Um we had a quick trip over to the Highline site of, of this beautiful outdoor garden inspired by the children's book, uh, The Curious Garden. Actually, it inspired The Curious Garden by Peter Brown. Um and then we met back up with Jill. For some time in Central Park. Oh, yeah. Museum
2: of Natural History. Once again, navigated on the train by moi. Yeah.
0: Yes, Rachel really needs... To be validated. Because she only messed up Subway one time. We'll get to twice. it. Subway navigating skills. <laughs> and we were very happy and to not follow just her direction. Sandwich making.
1: It was really nice to turn off our brains and just let Rachel lead the way. She had it our itinerary. Um, and yes, it we made sure to stop by the Met so you could get your Gossip Girl moment. Which wasn't
2: purposeful. It just no. happened to be on our path. But no. I did get my Steps moment
1: um we stopped at another bookstore called the corner bookstore Mm -hmm. which felt very new york bookstore to me it was nice and pretty but it was also quiet um and so that was a fun experience i like seeing kevin wilson's now is not the time to panic and it was very quiet other books like i was trying to
2: talk to ellen but i felt like i had to whisper yeah (laughs) so
1: that's an interesting experience we were right by one of the places I most wanted to visit that I had read about in a book, as we do, Bemelman's Bar, a bar within the very bougie Carlisle Hotel with murals that had been painted by Ludwig Bemelmans, the creator of Madeline.
2: It was so special.
1: Every single wall was coated in his illustrations. The only downside for us is that we were sweaty, underdressed, well, I think
0: we thought we would go in and be, like, kind of right at the front. Yeah. And we, like, I walked no in clue. and we had to, like, walk through a-, a board, dining room. Like, yeah. And we were, like, we weren't just, like, not dressed for a- This is a five-star hotel. We yeah. We were not dressed for it. We were also super sweaty and, mm-hmm. like, gross because we'd been walking around all day. But you know but what? oh, my God, the cocktails were so good and yeah. the, the walls were amazing. Yeah. The walls were
1: amazing and- I, there was something really special for me as someone who loves picture books mm-hmm. and the greats of the picture book world to be where Ludwig Bemelmans Madeline had painted the walls. was
2: so special to me as mm-hmm. like growing up and it holds such a big part of like my reading childhood. And that was really like, holy, like that was a like, whoa moment. Right. After Benleman's, we stopped at Word, which is one
1: of the Brooklyn bookstores that I have never gotten to visit. And I'm so glad we did because we met some really friendly booksellers, one of whom had attended Iowa State. That's the Iowa connection. It's always there. Everybody's <laughs> we found connected. It. We found it.
0: I really like this bookstore. You yeah. know, it's a small bookstore, um, but their curation was excellent. It's like a cool little location. Um, and staff was really friendly. It was
1: the neighborhood bookstore that you have loyalty to and love for. It was very comfortable and we enjoyed it. Their
2: basement event spaces goals because they have like a little lifted stage with a gorgeous backdrop. And I'm like, "Mm, want that? I Mm -hmm. want the bad. (laughs) I know it's so
1: good. Um, okay. This is where our navigator failed us. We were supposed to meet my sister (sighs) at her favorite little neighborhood restaurant called Hearts, H A R. T apostrophe S. This is actually a Google Maps thing. And even the per- place we ended up was very confused. So we <laughs> hopped out of the Uber at Hearts, H-A-R-T-S. But we were at Hearts Bar. <laughs> and they were gearing up for like what, a Shakespearean night or something? Performance I don't know. It night. Was some
2: big big thing.
1: They yeah. were excited about it. And we walked in, and we were like, we don't think we're at the right place. We weren't.
2: I failed. I got, I, you know, I acknowledge. But the
1: bartender, like, tried to convince us to stay. And I'm like, actually, They're you're like, supposed to be meeting my sister. And she's a totally different
2: part of Brooklyn right now. And they go, no, there's nothing else called hearts. And we're like, yeah, yes, there look, is. there is. And my bad. I did an apostrophe. And- yes. Yeah. So we went to Hearts, a lovely dining which was dining literally spot. down the street from your sister's house, which makes much more sense than where I took us.
0: And that was just the launching pad for our wild night. What did we yeah, do? Our, with our- that was my favorite night. So after that, we stopped at your sister's neighborhood liquor store called Liquid Assets. Mm-hmm. We bought ourselves a couple bottles of bubbles, mm-hmm. and then we got on the fucking Staten Island Ferry, which is free. Mm-hmm. That and was the craziest the, through part. Through the advice of your like brother-in-law, we mm-hmm. th- he was like, okay go down to the bottom deck like where they let the cars and shit drive on and they'll let you just like sit on the floor there Mm -hmm. no one else will be down there so we went to the back of the ferry bottom level we asked the guys like can we sit here so we like they you know it's a rope along the back and we just sat on the floor and we drank a bottle of champagne and we saw this whole city lit up at night we went right by the statue of liberty and then we got to staten island Got off the ferry station, got on the ferry again, got to the front, (laughs) and then we saw the whole thing again on the way back, and drank another bottle of champagne, and it was like a free... Uh, and really fun way to see the city lit up at night. It was a booze cruise. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was uh, one of the coolest things we did. Seeing yeah. the Statue of
1: Liberty as we rode across to Staten Island mm-hmm. was really beautiful to see her
2: lit up like that. I have video chatted with my mom, sister, and nephew when we were on there at a certain point. And like, it was so loud because you're on the bow of the boat. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Eli, look at this. And he's like, oh, like, just... Seeing it through a video to being able to share it like that, that was pretty Mm. fun and special. And it's just gorgeous seeing it all at night. So
1: we were all pretty feeling it. We were feeling it. It was great. It was great. Now, we didn't want it to end. We hopped off the boat. We were like, where can we get a drink? We don't want to go home yet. And it was a total Bubbles and Books moment because a long time ago. One of our earliest episodes. I was talking about a cocktail book I was so excited about. And it was Patty Winks, I think, by the dead rabbit cocktail bar in New York. I didn't know anything about the dead rabbit, but guess what? It's fucking awesome. The
2: episode is literally titled Dead Rabbit, We're Coming For You. We did. And we went to the dead rabbit.
1: And it delivered. Well, Amanda almost didn't get in. I didn't have my ID with me, but I have a photo on my phone. I will
2: say that was the first time any IDing happened this entire trip.
1: There was a classic Irish bar door bouncer at the door and I was like, oh (laughs) shit. We're at cocktail Mecca and we can't go in or I can't. I don't just have to sit out there, sub at myself, but after much hassling and the photo evidence on my phone of my ID, he let us in. We had the best night sawdust covered floor, but high end cocktail menu amazing food. What was the egg you got?
2: It was a scotch
1: egg, which your sister never had before. I was
2: like, oh my gosh. Only anyone
1: had had a scotch egg except for you. Scotch eggs are the best. Okay. You need to go to Mucky Duck and get a scotch egg because
2: theirs are really good. Local
1: recommendation. We had great cocktails. Now I want one. We had an amazing server named Echo who was so indulgent of our silliness.
2: She even brought us like we had paid and everything. And she's like, no, you guys can't leave a classic Irish bar without having um, an Irish coffee. Yeah. And it was I'm not a coffee person, but this was delicious. And I could have downed like a shit ton of them. But it did hype me up for the rest of the night. And I was laying in bed next to Amanda. And I'm like,
1: it was (laughs) really cute. Um, Our final day. Ended with dog heaven for me. I got to do awfully showers at my sister's neighborhood park. And it was just glorious dogs romping through the park's green space. It was hilarious. Um, Her dog, you throw the ball for the dog. The dog goes and gets the ball, but then leaves the ball there. So then my sister (laughs) has to walk up, pick up the ball, throw the ball again. It's like just a chase game, but she doesn't retrieve. And she's a golden retriever. So that was fun for me. Um, we made the effort to squeeze in one more visit to Books are Magic, their original location in Brooklyn. Um, they kind of are like the cool kids in the indie bookstore world. And so it was important to see that. And we connected with a bookseller named Julia, who we'd met at an industry conference earlier that year. And it was like just a fun, fun moment of finding colleagues and like-minded individuals in the bookstore world. Well, really- overall,
0: it was a wonderful trip. Yeah. And it was fun doing it with both of you.
2: Yeah. It was really cool to kind of observe even how like bookstores in New York present themselves via social media because that's where my focus is on. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat to see how they are translating who they are in person via a screen. Yeah. Love it.
0: Yep. All right. What's coming out this week, Amanda?
1: All right. All you fans of John Grisham, if you wanted to know what happened to Mitch and Abby – McDear, in The Firm, the novel that made John Grisham his name, you get to find out this week in The Exchange. So it's 15 exchange,
0: years. Exchange colon. Yeah. After The Firm.
1: After The Firm. You get to find out what happened to Mitch and Abby and where he is now. And there is kind of like a, you know, an international high stakes
0: event. Takes you to Rome. So find out what happens. We also have prequel: An American Fight Against Fascism by Rachel Maddow. How timely, Rachel? Mm-hmm. Um, so she Rachel's in this, are great. Yeah, they're dies. So Rachel, uh, charts the right charts the rise of this uh, authoritarianism in the United States.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of origins around World War II. So it'll be yep. interesting to see what she has to say on this topic. Um, in fiction, we have The House of Doors. I feel like mm-hmm. that's like a puzzle by Tan Tuan Eng. It's a historical fiction novel set in Malaysia in which a married couple invites a famous author friend and his male secretary to visit them. The author is trying to write his next novel, but doesn't really know where to get started. The married couple discovers maybe this author has more going on with this private secretary than we assumed. And the and they, author-
0: and they have secrets of their own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. So,
0: And also this book is based on a true story.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. I'm excited for the dictionary people by Sarah it's about the origin of the oxford english dictionary and so this is where she's got me uh sold here are the people who helped build it three murderers a collector of pornography the daughter of Karl marx a president of yale a radical suffragette a vicar who was later found dead in the cupboard of his chapel an inventor of the first american subway a female anti-slavery activist in philadelphia and many many others wordy people can geek out on this one um then there are two notable books coming out in children's picture books i love mr fiorello's head by cecilia it is about acceptance of aging so mr fiorello loves his hair but as time passes or yourself or how you look yeah he keeps losing one strand at a time he doesn't know how he feels about it but when he gets to, and you know what it's okay we're not our hair it is a Cute, quirky, European influenced uh picture book. You gotta check it out. And then I think it's okay to say. This is the um picture book pick for the puppy pack this month: Giraffe is Too Tall for this book by DK Ryland. I love this book because it's about a pack of animals and they're trying to figure out how to fit on a single picture book page together because hippo's wide and giraffe is tall. And they're not sure whether you need to zoom out or zoom in or turn the page. They figure it out in the end. They're committed to the teamwork to include everyone. (laughs) We have signed book plates this month. So if you haven't checked out the puppy pack, check it out now. All right. What's popping at the store? Tuesday. October 17th from 530 to 630, our thrills and chills book club will be discussing The Last Thing You Told Me by Laura Dave, an amazing suspense thriller. I read it and enjoyed it. I think they'll love it. And then you can see me Wednesday, October 18th at 10 a.m. I'll be doing Storytime with Lovey, picking from
0: probably the best uh, Halloween reads for the year. Thursday, you could come hang out with me at 10 o'clock. Uh, Dog-Eared Books official book club. We'll be discussing *Calla* by Colin Welsh, which I talked about earlier on this episode. Sunday, October 22nd, 2 to 3, it's Russian Lit. We'll be reading and discussing Metro 2033 by Dmitri Glakovsky. And then on Monday, the 23rd from 5 to 6, Women from Other Worlds book club is reading and discussing Camp Zero by Michelle Minsterling. And with that... Keep the champagne flowing
1: and the books going. Going. Word. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week.
0: Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books.
1: Follow us at at Dog-Eared Books Ames or at Dog Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great!